yesterday we heard from Tommy Abercrombie as, as he gave us some um, uh, pretty emotional news. Um, <laughs> see if I can get through this, but thank you, everyone, um, for coming out today. After 16 years at the BNZ Breakers, I'll be retiring from all professional basketball at the end of the season. Basketball's been a massive part of my life for as long as I can remember, um, providing me countless joys and experiences, and all good things must come to an end. I'm very at peace with this decision. I've been so lucky to spend my entire career playing for the Breakers, my hometown team, in front of my friends and family. Well, a company man right to the end, really. The BNZ Breakers, he, I mean, that says it all. He, he's a legend of New Zealand basketball, of New Zealand sport. And he's, uh, after signposting it for a while, he's decided to move on. 16 long, beautiful seasons. A man who shared four championships with them and a lot of playing time on the court is Alex Pledger. We, we get to chat to Alex every once in a while on SCNZ. He's very good with his time. Morning, mate. How are, how are you? Uh, morning, yeah, I'm not too bad. Yesterday, it's, um, we've probably been waiting for a little bit, but he's battled back through some injuries, for uh, some severe injuries actually over the last couple of years, and he's um, been doing a hell of a job for the club he loves so much. But we heard that officially this is maybe the last home game Friday night for Tom Abercrombie for your beloved Breakers as well. Alex, it's um, an amazing career and a, a pretty special bloke, isn't he? Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty phenomenal career, spending uh, 16, um, 16 years with, with one team and, you know, staying there through the, um, like, like the academy years and he was a development player. And then, yeah, I don't think, um, not just for the breakers, but I think he'd struggle to find, a, you know, a kind of beginning to end kind of tenure with one club like that. Um, yeah, it's a... Uh, um, you know, he's kind of the the one person left behind from the, um, you know, like those those championship years. And um, yeah, it'll be it'll be sad to see him go. But um, just listening to that uh, that interview, he um, he sounded like he was at peace with it, and he's happy with the choice he's made. And um, yeah, I'm honestly not sure of the exact playoff picture and what has to happen over the remaining games for them to to make the playoffs but um you know hopefully they'll they'll be able to send them off with with ring number five yeah i mean it would be a hell of an effort considering i don't know how much you've watched this year alex but the injuries that i've been through and, and anthony lamb's um recent ones are a pretty devastating blow look basically if they can beat the bullets on friday night they give themselves a very good chance and it's all but you know, secured that they'll be playing. And if they can beat the 36ers as well, they definitely will be. They're right in that sixth position at the moment. But very, very good chance that they won't have another home game. You make the point, 16 seasons, it's kind of Dirk Nowitzki-esque, isn't it? And we're kind of looking around um, modern professional sports teams wondering how many more of these sort of one-club men you're going to get. Or women as well, I suppose. And Steph Curry's hanging in there with the Warriors. Um, but the, the further it goes on the and the longer the, the tenure goes on, the kind of harder it can be for sometimes for the team and the player to justify staying there. So it, it clearly shows that he's got a special bond with the Breakers. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, it's, as I mentioned before, you know, not many, I, I think you'd struggle to find throughout the history of the NBL, one player, a guy being with one club for that long. 
And I think, you know, the fact that he's been there for so long, um, obviously he's been an incredibly productive player on court um, through the majority of his career. Obviously, over the last year or so, he's, um, you know, slowed down a little bit in terms of production, and that happens to everyone when they get a little bit older. But, um, you know, his, just his overall IQ and his smarts um, and just his leadership qualities and overall character, you know, um, you know, a lot of basketball fans judge whether a player is useful. Um, you know, they just look at their stats and go, oh, yeah, that guy's good or that guy's bad. But they don't necessarily realize the impact that they can have in the locker room with younger guys on the team and just their overall influence beyond what you see in the um, in the stats, and um, and that's part of the reason why he's been there for so long. He's a high character guy, um, has really good leadership qualities, and um, and yeah, he's just he's just had a phenomenal run. Do you you must have been right around the time that it was his first year or early years as well? Were you a year after Tom at the Breakers? Do you, would you what do you remember about those early years before the finals runs in the in the championship? Like going back to two thousand and nine, I think might have been your first year, was it, Alex? God, you're testing my memory here. Um, I th- yeah, two thousand and nine was my first year. Like I was a development player that year, and that was his that was his first year as. Uh, like a fully contracted player, and the year before that he was a development player. So, um, so he, he, yeah. So he was a development player the year before I was. So he was there for uh, for one year before. But um, yeah, obviously he, he was, um, you know, not many guys, especially from New Zealand, um, have that type of you know with his size and just his overall uh, athletic talents being able to jump the way he could and move the way he could um <laughs> you know there aren't or not could still can but um you know there aren't many guys from new zealand that kind of have all of those physical abilities kind of wrapped into one person sometimes they'll get the quickness and the athletic ability but they won't be very tall or they'll be tall but they won't have you know, having a combination of all those things, there haven't been many people that have come through, uh, you know, basketball in New Zealand that have all of them wrapped into one person. And uh, you're just watching them make improvement uh, after improvement year after year. I think, can't remember what year it was, it might have been the year we won the second championship. Um, he was first team All-NBL. And yes. was you know, and was probably um, was probably the best two way player in the league in terms of you know being a, an impact player both on offense and on defense. So you know, seeing him uh, you know get to those heights, um, you know, he he was one of those players that when you were on his team, you kind of he he he'd be one of those guys that would make just one or two highlight plays a game where it was kind of like he's the only player in the league that could do that, whether it was catching a crazy alley-oop or, you know, blocking a shot that requires a 50-inch jump. (laughs) (laughs) You'd kind of just have to remember that there's still a game going on and you can't just get caught up in, 
you know, watching for these highlight plays that he was capable of making. <laughs> but um but yeah, it was um yeah, it was uh uh it was pretty it was pretty cool to be along for you know nine or ten of those uh sixteen years that he was there. Uh it was, a, it was a, I mean those uh it's kind of it's funny, eh? Like as time goes on, what we're twenty twenty four now. Like thinking back to, and it must be so fond for you thinking back to those two thousand eleven and twelve, fourteen seasons, and and um, like it's just what a team you guys had. Like the, the some of the characters on that team and the way that you guys played, and you kind of had the whole country behind you. It was pretty special memories for me as a, a like a fan. I can only imagine that. Like when you get chances to think back, when you got, you know, I mean, this is probably the last year teammates that will retire, <laughs> to, to be fair, because you guys are all getting old on. But it's um, it's pretty amazing. And just to your point around being an all-round player, how about this, Alex? He's most appearances four two five points four thousand four hundred thirty four most field goals field goals made um fifteen hundred thirty six most three pointers made five hundred sixty eight free throws seven nine four steals blocks as well. I mean, when you kind of put it like that, obviously longevity comes into it, but you talk about an all-round skill set, don't you? Yeah, well, so he finally finally took my blocks record, did he? I might have to come out of retirement and try and get it back. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, that, that, but that, just, um, yeah, that just speaks to, um, you know, his, not just his overall talents, but, um, you know, being able to sustain such a high level for such a long time. Um, you know, there are guys who can be, who can be good for a little while and then, you know, for whatever reason, age or what, you know, there are a lot of injuries, there are lots of things that can cause it, but, you know, being able to, you know, stay at such a high level for such a long time, um, yeah, not, not many people have had the ability to do that. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's amazing, really. Did he ever put one on you in in a um, like a gym run? You know, he, he obviously smoked Jaron Jackson Jr. that one time, which is actually that's <laughs> aged so well because he's yeah, gone on to be him, like a, with him a defensive yeah, player of the year. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, like, um, you know, yeah, there probably was. I don't remember one quite that bad, but there's if you watch through the practice tape, practice tapes. There's probably one in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, well, we'll we'll move straight on. Hey, um, the, the the league has obviously come a long way as well. From I mean, that's the other thing. Like he's kind of and you too to a degree. Is like from the the late two thousands through to now, it's completely, especially now, it's a completely different shape and face of the league, isn't it? Obviously, imports have been a massive part of it, but with the kind of next star element nowadays. Um, like the you know it's a very commercial league now the NBL and um, I, I I don't know do, do you feel the way that the the game is played in the NBL and basketball is played in this part of the world has changed in the kind of the fifteen sixteen years that Tom was playing and and when you were there as well? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, just in regards to the league, you know, if you look at the, um, you know, just uh, how things have improved from you know 10 years ago to now in terms of just where the league is in terms of the imports and talent that it's able to recruit um to bring in the the next star program means that uh you know the the nba scouts um and nba teams and gms and stuff are you know keeping a very eye close eye on those on this league not only um not only for 
you know, those next star players, but seeing if there are any other kind of hidden gems in this part of the world as well. You know, quite a few players who weren't next stars, you know, have gone on to have um, careers in the NBA uh, over the last couple of years. And um, again, you know, the quality of imports moving the league, moving from um, two imports to having three um, and just, you know, improvements to the salary cap, meaning that they can recruit that type of talent. Um, and yeah, it's just phenomenal to see how much the league has grown over that time and how it continues to grow. And um, yeah, in terms of the, the style of game, you know, it has, it's not just evolved in the, in the Australian league, you know, it's evolving worldwide in terms of the, you know, how fast, you know, how fast people play and, you know, where they're, you know, people say it's becoming kind of positionless, you know, it's not, you know, you don't have your kind of stereotypical, you know, point guard, shooting guard, you know, your two forwards and your centre, it's kind of, you know, you have a lot of versatility among lineups with guys who can switch on defence and defend multiple positions and are multi-skilled at the offensive end. I think just the game globally, um, you know, has really has really started to improve and you see that with the, you know, the international players who are kind of taking over the NBA at the moment. Um, yeah, 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 I think yeah, yeah. Not, 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 yeah. Not not just in the NBL, but the game worldwide, um, you know, it's just continuing to improve and uh, and get better. Yeah, there is. A, I know what you mean. Like um, that kind of team ball, ball movement, um, hyper offense sort of style, and those European guys kind of come through and, and know how to play. And um, you know, an emphasis on on moving it, it definitely has kind of um, hit the NBA between the eyes. I, admittedly, I do watch more NBA than NBL, but so I'm not 100 percent sure if this is the case. But it just seems like the game is so gamed towards offense at the moment. It's a, not a problem, but it might be heading towards that way. It seems like defenses are, are pretty helpless. You kind of wonder where it's going to get to, and like you kind of assume that everything slows down in the playoffs. But I kind of would hate to see like a 138 plays 134 playoff game, or or you know like deep into the the regular season when the chips are down. But it's guys are like hurtling into guys, getting fouls, um, left, right, and center. The the kind of high velocity or high amount of three points shots that are kind of chucked up. It does kind of seem like it's a little bit out of control offensively. Yeah, it's a, a lot of the rules, especially in the NBA, are, um, you know, are geared towards, you know, higher scoring with, you know, like the NBA is the only league in the world where unless you're physically touching somebody, you're not allowed to stand in the paint and, play defense which would make it tough for someone like me especially back in those days but um yes <laughs> but yeah so so you know the 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 game you know and just the emphasis on certain things you know it is kind of geared towards um you know higher higher scoring i think but at the same time you know because i i watch a lot of nba games as well and sometimes you know i think just the overall talent and skill level and just shot making ability of and like overall athleticism and skill combined with you know like you look at some of these players you know there's you know for the Spurs you know there's a seven foot four guy who can handle the ball and shoot and do all the stuff off the dribble which you know 15 years ago 
if you were that tall, you were taught to run straight to the basket and do nothing else. Um, so, yeah, I think it's also, yeah, some, some of the rules are geared around, you know, higher higher scoring output, but at the same time, you know, these guys are so talented, it's kind of like, you know, you can play perfect defense and they just knock down a shot anyway. So I think it's a, a combination of just, you know, that some of the rules favoring offense and, you know, the players being so good that, um, you know, there's only so much you can do. Sometimes you can have a game plan and do all sorts of things. And, you know, you have Wimbanyama or Kevin Durant or all these other seven foot guys doing all this crazy stuff and just making shots anyway. So yeah, I think it's, yeah. uh, I think, I think it's a, it's a combination of those two things. I think yeah. That's a good point, like the evolution, and that's the old adage, right? Like an unbelievable offense is going to be unbelievable defense, and especially with the evolution of it and the shot making. It's a really good point. I'll, I'll just last one, and then we'll let you crack on. You, you bring him up, Victor Wimbanyama. Yesterday he puts up 27. So this is for those people that might not watch a lot of NBA. He's a 20-year-old French kid, and um, he's kind of been touted all the way through. He's 7 foot 100, and he's in the NBA, and he's just kind of like, He's like freaky to watch. It's kind of it's kind of breaks your head. Yesterday he put up twenty seven points on ten of fourteen shooting, two of four from three points, so fifty percent from the beyond the arc. Fourteen rebounds. He had five assists. He had two steals and he had ten blocks. So he's three steals away from a five by five with a triple double with ten blocks. Have you even kind of got to a point in your brain where you wonder what one of his stat lines might look like in a couple of years' time? And, and you know, like, can we even comprehend what he is about to do to the NBA as far as some of the numbers he's about to put up? Yeah, it's it's pretty scary that, um, you know, he's like a 20-point, a 10-rebound, you know, I think he's averaging like three or three and a half blocks, something like that per game. As a rookie, he's played, I think he's, he's played probably 45, 50 games. And this is the worst he's going to be. <laughs> he's going to, he's, yeah, this is, this is probably the worst version of him that you will see until he gets to that later on stage in his career and he starts to slow down just like everyone. But yeah, he's, yeah, there's, as I said before, there's never, there's never been, anyone like him in the NBA before, a guy with that size who can handle the ball and can shoot and basically a, a guard who's, you know, four inches taller than I am. Um, yeah, there's, <laughs> there's never been there's never been anyone like him. It's kind of like he could be like a... And on top of that, he's not just a... He's, he's not a guy with, you know, a 40-inch vertical or anything like that, but he's... Um, very fluid. He moves very well. Um, he's insanely skilled. Um, yeah, he's going to be, uh, you know, people talk about triple doubles. He's going to be, he'll probably, you know, I think there's been three of them in NBA history where someone has uh, a quadruple double. Um, he, I think by the time his career is done, he'll probably add himself to that list. He's just, yeah, he's, Giannis, KD, Anthony Davis, and Rudy Gobert combined. 
he has. You take all the best things from those guys <laughs> and and take all the good things from those guys and wrap it up into one player. Um, yeah, there's there's never there's never there hasn't been anyone like him in NBA history before, and it's going to be fun uh, watching his career unfold. I'm just trying to imagine in my head you bringing the ball up the court, kind of putting it through your legs, like then stepping oh. and then pulling up on the fast break for like a, a deep three. Um, I'm yeah, just trying to like... <laughs> Yeah, if I dribbled the ball more than two times, something bad <laughs> normally happened. So, um, so yeah, I, was, I wasn't a guy who, uh, who handled the ball too much when I was out there. So watching this seven foot four guy do it, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty impressive and fun to watch. Alex, I've stolen so much of your time, mate. Really, really grateful. Um, nice words on Tom Abercrombie and Victor Wimbanyaba as well. I'm sure he won't mind. Um, appreciate it, mate. Go well. Cool. Thank you.